0: Probably actually, even more famous for the famous people that I turned down working with than I am even for the ones that I did work with. It's through our senses that we actually experience our world. How deep in the relationship with your body are you to notice all of the feedback that your senses are giving you and all of the gifts? that your senses are giving you. That is the gift of being in your body and getting the experience of being in your body. We've got these two polar opposites inhabiting the same space, which can be a conflict, or it can be what is designed to be, which is a compliment. The bridge between these two opposing worlds is our mind and our heart. How often am I shaming my body? How often am I bullying my body? How often am I ignoring my body? How often am I in a conversation of gratitude and unconditional love with my body? What signals and symptoms is my body giving me all the time that I'm not listening to? The big silence. Take a deep breath
1: in. Let's get grounded and welcome to the Big Silence podcast. Karina here, sitting next to Bobby Goldstein, your favorite guest. I just joined him in for the intro only. Uh, He won't be staying for the whole whole podcast. (laughs) He's downstairs. (laughs) We're literally, I know we're not in video for the intro right now. He is wearing plastic gloves covered in dirt. What are you working on?
0: I'm working on a Porsche. Yeah, there's a a book. I think you should read it as well. It's called Zen and the Art of Motorcycle Maintenance. It's one of my favorites.
1: We do love like car racing. He got me into it in the beginning of 2020 and F1 and all that stuff. And I don't know. I enjoy it. And we enjoy camping now, which we just did a little camping trip last weekend. Mm -hmm. It's, you know, been below freezing in Austin, Texas, but why not? Take five palms and... Hit the road! I'm here for it. So I brought this idea up with you about a campsite meetup. I like it. Do you know how many girls go to my post on Instagram? Because a bunch of you gave us places, and you would—you are all campers and nature people. Mm-hmm. I think it could be fun.
0: I think the big silence, small city tour. Yeah, and Let's hit the trails.
1: Okay, so what do you think about this idea of putting a mobile podcast studio
0: mm-hmm.
1: on the camper? Love it. So we can go around and travel and people in those locations and new guests can come sit in the camper. We'll just have to move the dogs outside.
0: Mm. Yeah, I could I could see as a uh, you know part-time sound engineer over here, I could see some issues with five Pomerans inside.
1: Well, DM me if you like this idea or comment on the post about the camper. Um, and let me know what guests you want to have on the podcast.
0: Yeah, I have some dirt bikers that I'd be interested in bringing on the podcast.
1: I'd like to have Lewis Hamilton.
0: Really? Me too.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Lewis, you want to come sit in my van? <laughs> yeah.
0: We come to you.
1: Uh, yeah, well, we'll put wings on that van. Yeah. Okay. Well, I want to get into this week's podcast. It's with Alexis Arton. I had such a great conversation with her. So... Chase Tuning who was on the podcast we mm-hmm. did it and I was on his Ever Forward podcast as well recently introduced me to Alexis. This is a really good conversation. The thing I love about podcasting is I get to meet so many people who we can just sit down like girlfriend to girlfriend or husband and wife mm. or friends and have conversations not only about the amazing things that they're doing in the world to make a difference and do and self-development but just Really having conversations. So Alexis and I have a lot of similarities in the Hollywood world.
0: Oh, boy.
1: Back in the day. hmm So Alexis spent a decade in L.A. working with top talent and in film and television, and then she transitioned her passion and skill set for fostering potential and producing results to a world of self-development. Nice. I love having these conversations about transformation and shifting your role. And the the thing that Alexis talks about here is how all of a sudden what she was doing in Hollywood was not aligned with who she was becoming Mm. and who she was. And she shares some really interesting stories here. And I know I was like, I wonder how many Indies she has. (laughs) Can't mention. Was any there days. any name dropping? No. Oh, when you got those NDAs, you know, That's I get right. it. Yeah. So now she has a meditative movement membership called Soul's Way Practice, as well as her new podcast, "Look at Me Now," that is launching right now. Which I love. We t- discussed. I asked her why she had that title. "Look at me now" is because she was with someone in the industry, and they had transitioned. Like yeah, I, there's a story on there, so you have to mm-hmm. listen to the podcast for this story. I think I shared it with you, Bobby, after this interview. But the woman was like, "But look at me now." So, thank you, Alexis, for this wonderful interview. We also talk about soul's Way practice, and I'm going to connect with Alexis. We've been texting afterwards about me, uh, even being a part of it in this guidance, and we also talk about female sexuality and movement. Mm. Mm. Well. Can't wait to hear about that. <laughs> all right. Well, enjoy your podcast. And as always, leave a comment. We randomly choose people to send who comment to send big silence sweatshirts and hats to. So um, share with everyone, like all the things. Enjoy this interview. Well, welcome to the podcast, Alexis Arton. How are you? Coming in from Los Angeles.
0: I'm so great. Thank you for having me on. I'm psyched to have this conversation
1: with you. I am too. We were just talking and I was like, I want to know about your Hollywood days because I also have Hollywood days. Uh, What?
0: I mean, more like
1: not a career in television and film and talent, but I just lived there and I moved to LA when I was 18. So that was in 1999. So... That was a good time.
0: If you lived here, you were in the business. Let's yes. just call it what it is. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah.
1: So how did you end up in LA and in, in the Hollywood business?
0: I always wanted to live here. I like was born going, I want to live in Hollywood. Uh, and when I was about five or six years old, my aunt and uncle died in a plane crash. Oh, geez. And, uh, I, I loved flying before that, but then obviously I had like an absolute terror of flying after that. And my parents felt really strongly that if I didn't get on a plane within a reasonable amount of time, I might have like a lifelong paralyzing fear of flying. Uh, and so they had my grandmother take me on a flight to go visit family, that I had that was living in California and we lived in Philadelphia. So it was a cross-country flight that I had to take there and back. And while it did resolve my fear of flying somewhat, uh, it just solidified my love of California. And I just knew from that moment on, I wanted to be here. I, I grew up sort of that triple threat singer, dancer, actress type. And so that's what I studied my whole life, and that was that was a goal of mine was to come out here and and do that. Um, I can what see
1: if, we'll we'll get there, but I can see how you brought all of that into what you're doing now. But
0: uh, it's all about human behavior, right?
1: Yeah. No, I. So I'm from Indiana, and I went to California when I graduated high school, and I fell in love. I stayed in Santa Monica. And I was like, Forget college. <laughs> like I'm moving to California. So right. uh, yeah, it has a draw to it for sure.
0: It has a draw to it. I also studied human behavior, psychology, you know, justice, any of those things that really served me in my understanding of my love for my passion for human behavior, psychology, all of those things. My dad, was a doctor. My mom was a psychologist turned badass businesswoman. And I just became this snowball of those three things.
1: I love that. So you get to LA and you've already done this study. So if you're working with, so you worked with a lot of top talent in the industry, what were you doing there?
0: Uh, I started out as most of us do as an assistant, an executive assistant. And it morphed into me doing a few different things. So I had done some producing. I had uh, gone into management for a little while. And then I sort of became this like secret weapon, right-hand person that would be like running people's lives and production companies. So um, I'm probably actually even more famous for the famous people that I turned down working with than I am even for the ones that I did work with. But the most interesting part of it was the juxtaposition of of what I left the industry for.
1: So I would imagine with your studying psychology, you were able to step out and witness a lot of what was going on and studying people. Did that happen a lot?
0: Absolutely. And just as a, a really flexed, Intuitive skill that I had from growing up and experiencing a lot of bullying and all of that kind of stuff. When you experience those types of things, your intuition gets really strong to read people because you're trying to prevent anything disastrous from happening, anything painful from happening. And so I got really, really good at picking up those nonverbal cues. Verbal cues as well, but um, especially the nonverbal cues that we all are constantly giving, uh, but not everybody's as attuned to them.
1: Right, what would you say, that's an interesting thing, because you always say, go with your intuition, go with your gut feeling. What, are, was, what is a good example of that? That maybe someone listening is like, maybe I don't trust myself.
0: Well, what I would always say to people in, in that, Moment of doubt or exploration is. Has there ever been a time where somebody walked in a room and before they even said anything, you knew what kind of a mood they were in?
1: I think we right? all have experienced that.
0: That's a nonverbal cue. That's mm-hmm. your intuition, right there.
1: The energy, the looks, have the it. the physical behavior. You have it. Yeah.
0: It's it's it, it's a it's an animal instinct or intuition, right? It's very primal. It's it's sort of like a a built-in scanner for are we safe or are we not safe? Right. Is this a threat or is this something that's gonna lead towards my survival and survival?
1: Yeah. I think we all could be in the office or a family. You're always like, I never know what I'm gonna get. And you just wait, and then they walk in the room and you're like, This is
0: what I'm getting today. And there it is, right? And it's it's not even a word needs to be spoken right? It's you see your best friend walk in the room and you know just by like the look on their face, right? Versus you're walking down the street and there's a stranger there. And there's like this intuition of this is a stranger that I say hi to and smile, or this is a stranger that I walk in the opposite direction from, right? I create some distance with. So we all have it. It's just a question of being really aware of it and honing it if it is something that you desire to help.
1: Yeah. Okay. So why did you decide to leave the industry?
0: At the time that I left, had no intention of leaving, but was working for somebody who was a household theme, but I, my values and their values did not align. They were not congruent. Let's put it that way. And there was a lot of questionable behavior happening that I had to ink my name on if I was going to continue to work with this person. And it didn't comfortable to me to do that. Uh, So it was sort of this like soul-sucking type of situation that I had landed myself in. And juxtaposed to that, I was taking this female embodiment and empowerment class. And I'd been taking it recreationally. And then because I loved it so much and wanted to explore it deeper, the only way to do that was to go through teacher training. So I went through teacher training. Again, not because I had necessarily intended on becoming a teacher, but because I wanted that, you know, deeper understanding and practice. And that was so soul-fulfilling. So I was going back and forth between these two full-time training, like one training and one job, uh, barely sleeping, ping-ponging, to soul-sucking, soul-fulfilling, soul-sucking, soul-fulfilling. And then there was this... One night that something particularly unsavory happened with the person that I was working with and for. And, and it was sort of the straw that broke the camel's back for me. And I made this instinctual, but powerfully intuitive decision that I was going to leave the world of entertainment and go full force with a full pay cut you know, leaving all that power and all that money and all of that influence and all, you know, all of my success and connections and go into this world of, you know, female empowerment and embodiment that held very little promise. But I just did it. I just took the leap.
1: I love that. And actually, there's been a lot of women on this podcast who have been in certain careers and talk about the career shift because I do think, a lot of people are afraid of that. And so they may still be in their soul sucking career and unhappy because they're afraid of the change. So, what is, is it? I know we talk about intuition and following that, but what, if someone's listening, like, what do they do? Like, I feel like I'm, I know my intuition is telling me to do this, but I've got the money and the maybe the power, the connections uh, over here.
0: Well, first things first. There's that sort of famous phrase of, you know, we people say like, oh, it took me 20 years to change. No, it didn't. It took a moment of either inspiration or desperation to make a decision, right? And what I really think that it belongs to you is our relationship with our most authentic selves. What it is to really hear your truth And what it is to uphold and honor that truth at any cost, right? It is being able to self-advocate and have that level of self-agency and self-trust that no matter what happens, you will have the resources to handle it. You don't necessarily trust yourselves if you have an instinct or an impulse or an intuition to do something that you know is the higher calling, but you don't do it, then you don't. It's because you're lacking a sense of trust in yourself. And that's where the work has to start is going back to how do I really hear myself clearly where I'm not hijacking anybody else's agendas or woulds or shoulds. I'm not comparing, I'm not measuring, not inflating myself or deflating myself in comparison to anything outside of me. I'm hearing my truths and I'm trusting myself to follow that truth to the next place, one small step at a time.
1: So you take the embodiment coach class um, certifications and you become
0: one. Can you explain what an embodiment coach is? Everybody has a different definition of embodiment that practices embodiment. But to me, embodiment is really being in your body, which, look, we are all embodied. You're in a body. The work is done. Yay, you're embodied, right? <laughs> it's like, it's it's really like you yeah. have a body. You're embodied. You're in a body. Um, but what is it to be in deep relationship and communication? with your body? Because my philosophy is, you know, it's sort of that cliche of like, we're spiritual beings having a human experience. Right. Well, right. And we're having that human experience in a body. So are you letting that body serve its purpose, Mm -hmm. right? If the soul chose this body to have an embodied experience, the soul, the, the body is your soul's number one source of feedback. Are you listening to the feedback? Are you in communication with your body, which is like this super suit that's constantly giving you feedback? Or are you ignoring it, overriding it, bullying it, et cetera?
1: Okay, so step one to figure out how you're using your embodiment, what would someone do? Come to you.
0: So (laughs) step one would really be like taking an inventory of how is my relationship with my body? How often am I shaming my body? How often am I bullying my body? How often am I ignoring my body? How often am I in a conversation of gratitude and unconditional love with my body, right? What signals and symptoms is my body giving me all the time that I'm not listening to? Like there's sort of the whole inventory that we do, of where are we holding tension? Where are we holding emotion? What are we allowing our bodies to express and to experience versus going, nope, that's a little bit too scary for me, right? There's so much to that world that people don't unpack. I mean, it's even just the small thing of, you know, you and I are on this podcast and it's like, hey, let's talk. Yeah, let's talk, 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 talk. Now, if I ask you, hey, now sing right now, I could sing. You could. But a lot of people probably wouldn't. I, you want if you be like, sing just right now in front of everybody. No way. I'm not singing. Well, it's just another vocal experience, right? But there's a judgment against it,
1: mm-hmm.
0: right? So it's like exploring all the layers of what our relationship is with our body, the experiences our body wants to have. The ways that our body can express itself, and where are we shutting that down, and where are we letting it flourish? And not because somebody might not want to sing, but not being afraid of singing. Two different. I mean,
1: you got me sitting here wanting to sing "What's Up" by Four Non Blondes. Okay, (laughs) I'm ready to belt (laughs) it out.
0: Well, I mean that. So you're probably a pretty embodied person,
1: but I think it is becoming. It's a process too, and becoming self aware and. You know, I think when you speak about self-bullying, it's so it's all in your subconscious. So really, doing the work to figure out how am I not treating my body well? How am I not having my mind-body connection? And trust me, I've I've abused my mind and body for many years. I grew up with a schizophrenic mother and had was a, a, a teenage suicide survivor. Like I had to learn how the confidence to, the learn to learn to believe that my body was here for me and my mind and that I was protected and um, it's definitely a process so I want to talk about cuz you moved into a uh, soul's way uh, practice right which is the embodiment and I also want to know like what is a sensual fitness class we can get there but
0: the first thing that I will share is that the philosophy of underneath everything that I do, whether it's my coaching practice, whether it's full, full sway practice, it's all couched in this philosophy. And I want to mirror that you and I have a very similar story just from the little bit that I just heard from you in terms of, you know, we all have our experiences growing up and uh, being suicidal as as an example, right? I faced that myself. And I think that there is an inherent resilience in us. And that's part of, do we follow that calling and that intuition and that impulse to be resilient and to do the work and to get to the next place in our growth and our healing or, or not? Right. But that comes down to personal choice. Um, but in my case, my, my resilience, my growth, my healing came in being in that prior Empowerment embodiment company where I had become a teacher, a master teacher, a teacher trainer, and a creative director of the company. And we were global and, and, you know, we grew significantly in my time there. But there was also a very unhealthy aspect to that company. And I realized during my tenure there that for as many gifts as I was receiving working there, Um, I was also inherently embroiled in a lot of trauma and things that were really harmful to my growth and development and healing. And that really propelled me to go, I need to take a deeper look. I'm drawn to this because there's so much that's wonderful here and that is really helpful and really healing here. I've seen it in myself and I've seen it in all of these women that have passed through our hallways and at the same time, I also see all of the quote-unquote damage that, in, that has been and is being done. So what can I do to understand where those holes are and how to healthfully fill them, right? Which sent me on a journey. And through that journey, I've developed this philosophy that everything is couched in called the soul-body paradox. So in essence, what that Paradox and philosophy is, is that we all have a soul source of unconditional love. This is what I believe and have studied. Um, soul being made of light, energy, right? Energy is neither created nor destroyed. It just changes form, right? So we have that. And then we have our body, right? The matter, the physicalized self, the material self. So the body is like an animal, right? It is, it has a very clear beginning and a very clear end, It's finite, right? Meaning we have a birth date, we have a death date, and like the actual end of me is at the surface of my skin, right? So I'm separate from everything. And because of that, I live in a state of uncertainty because where is my end, right? So... I'm looking for predator. I'm looking for prey. I want to get closer to what I want and further away from what I don't, right? Because everything needs to be sized up and judged as good or bad, right or wrong. Very judgmental, very subjective, right? Okay? The soul, on the other hand, because it's made of energy, neither created nor destroyed, it has no end. It has no beginning. It has no end. It's not separate. It's connected to everything all the time. And thereby, it is certain. It doesn't understand fear. It doesn't understand being subjective. It's completely objective, right? So we've got these two polar opposites inhabiting the same space, which can be a conflict or it can be what it's designed to be, which is a complement, right? Now, the bridge between these two opposing worlds is our mind and our heart. They either connect and align our body and our soul, Or they disjoint, dislodge, disconnect our body from our soul, meaning our purpose from our actions and the feedback that we're getting, right? So it sort of goes back to that really deep listening place of like, well, how does somebody get from, you know, something that's a no for them to something that's a yes for them? Well, it's about understanding the soul body paradox and embodying it. And so that's what Soul Sway does. And that's what my coaching practice does is it takes a look at the holistic you, right? And gives you the tools to walk yourself from being incongruent to congruent, unfulfilled to fulfilled. That's brilliant. I hope that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. That was beautiful.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, it makes sense to me. And I think it's such to, you know, such a gift for someone to find someone, you know, either you or someone doing that same work. It's what the world needs right now, more and more of that. I mean, you said the word resilience and I love that word. And I believe oftentimes I've been asked like, what's your superpower? And I feel like for you, I feel like for me, I feel like for a lot of people, you don't realize that resilience is a superpower. So I just wanted to point that out to everyone listening. It's one of my favorite superpowers. And...
0: Resilience... Awareness and resourcefulness are three of our most potent superpowers. Absolutely. Uh, And the resilience is required in order to be resourceful. Right. So yeah, really good highlight. Absolutely.
1: 2024 is off to a great start and I hope you're feeling the same way too. One of my goals for this year is to step up my healthy nutrition game With the holidays behind us, I'm more focused on making healthier food choices. And for me, this means more healthy home-cooked meals that Bobby, my five Pomeranians, and I look forward to eating. Thrive Market to the rescue again. I'll be following the Tone It Up January Challenge nutrition plan, and I can get most of my ingredients delivered to my home. 2024 is definitely all about convenience for me, and having high-quality groceries delivered quickly, it's perfection. It's easy to search and filter on thrivemarket.com and you can find anything you're looking for, whether it's high quality pantry items, low sugar alternatives, organic kid snacks, pet essentials, the palms love the healthy doggy beef jerky by Shameless Pets, or meat and seafoods and even wine. You can curate your shopping experience. Plus, what I love is that Thrive has the one-for-one one membership matching program. So you join, they give. And now that's what I really love about Thrive. Our entire family plus another family is happy, healthy, and well fed. Plus, if you join Thrive Market today, you'll get 30% off your first order, plus a free $60 gift. So go to ThriveMarket.com slash the big silence. So you started dancing when you were four years old. Correct? Yeah. Yeah. I've um Bobby, my husband, always laughs at me because I'm like I'm not a good dancer, but you don't have to be. And I'm really the past Like six months, I've been really into taking dance classes and moving your body in that way and connecting. And again, one of those things, whether it's singing or dancing in a room of people, Um, Anya, who was just on the podcast recently, uh, she was on Dancing with the Stars. And she, after the podcast, uh, we went down to the house and did a little dance lesson and posted that, which if you were here in Austin, next time you are, I would love to do some Soul's Way embodiment routine. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That would be amazing.
1: Yeah. But I want to talk more then about, so Bay is embodiment, meditation, mindfulness, and then sensual fitness classes. What is, like, explain that.
0: I'm going to explain it, but first I have to tell you a story. Just based on what you just shared with me about, you know, well, I'm a terrible dancer, but it doesn't really matter. And I'm also a terrible just, singer,
1: but I don't care.
0: Well, the moral of the story that I'm about to tell you is, says who, right? who? Who decided that you're a terrible dancer versus a good dancer? So I'm going to tell you this story. And I was part of this group uh, called 4PC. Uh, Rich Litman is um, a pretty renowned coach. And he wrote the book, The Prosperous Coach. And he has this group called 4PC for the top 4%. Of coaches and consultants. And it's this really ritzy kind of elite group, right? And we would get together for these, you know, quarterly and annual events where we would do all kinds of really awesome, deep work. And one of the times that we all got together, we played a game. And it was a really interesting, like, art of war game where we were split into two teams and we were competing against each other and all these different challenges. And um you would die if you lost the challenge and you'd be dead for the rest of the game and you weren't allowed to participate. And there was just all of these insights you were constantly getting as you were playing this game. It was meant to be, even though it was very physical um in the the competitions that you would do, there was a deeply mental emotional aspect to it for growth and learning called the samurai game if anybody wants to look it up. Anyway, uh, the challenge that I got called up for was against a, a woman who worked in the White House with Obama, like a real badass. Okay. And we had a dance off challenge. That was the challenge that I got called up for and go figure. Right. And they, put on some music and I am crawling around the floor, my heads and hairs flying around and I'm just like chips and all the things, right. It's all happening. I mean, I, I sweated. I left it all on the floor, you know, gave it everything. I, had. And everybody in the room, you know, this is one of the first times that I was, I was at core PC and just meeting everybody. Everybody's eyes were popped out of their head. Like, Whoa, what <laughs> just happened? This, this crazy woman dancing all around. And, then it was my counterpart's time to go, this badass woman from the Obama administration getting up. And she started to just sort of like awkwardly, sort of like a five or six-year-old, like bounce her body and like clap at like the raw moments in the music and sort of did that around the room. And then it was over. And the... You know, the ruler of the samurai game, like the the chief judge, was like, there's a clear winner and there's a clear loser. You know who you are, so sit down. And here I am going, duh, it's clearly me, so she, she'll she sit. And she didn't sit. And then the, the 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 master says again, I'm going to repeat myself. There's a clear winner and a clear loser here sit down. You know you lost. She didn't sit down. And I think everybody in your room at this point is going, why isn't she sitting down? What is going on here? And they said, this is the last chance. You know you lost. Swallow your pride and sit down. She didn't sit down. So then they said, okay, well, then we're going to have to settle this another way, rock, paper, scissors. And so we did rock, paper, scissors, and we did it three times, and she won, and I died. And I had to lay down on the floor in the graveyard and die for the rest of the game. And I'll be damned if during the debrief, that wasn't like the number one thing that people were talking about was, why didn't you sit down? She's like, who says that I lost? Who said she's a better dancer? According to what? According to who? I'm not going to sit down for anybody. I'm not letting anybody tell me my worth, my value, you know, all of these things. And it was such an eye opening moment for everybody in the room because it's sort of like what you just said. Well, I'm a terrible dancer, but I dance anyway. Well, it's like, well, who says you're a terrible dancer? No, I'm taking it back. Yeah. I'm not. And I, how do we self identify? Right? right. Like that is such a a call to action and a call to arms for all of us to go, wait a second, by what means am I mentoring myself and against what? Yeah. And And where where am I shrinking back and not swelling into the greatness of who I am because I'm letting or hijacking from other people to make this decision?
1: Yeah. And I mean says i guess i've listened to the snickers or the voices because i love interpretive dancing and i'll just do it off fun and like when anya was teaching us the this to the big silence theme song all I, I was laughing i was sweating it was such a good time i couldn't get the steps but guess what i felt great
0: there you go right so and there and there is even something in the you know nervousness that somebody feels to try something new or different in their body, right? And it's sort of understanding the line of your own edge versus just taking on anything that doesn't belong to you and making it your own.
1: Yeah. And also, I, I was a very shy kid and probably up until like eight years ago, very shy. And so to have that courage to sing or dance and be free or even have a podcast that's huge to have a voice
0: huge 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 for me i mean i was somebody who hid behind really bright shiny people for a really long time it was very hard for me to step out of the shadow and go a little bit of light right um so i i, I really resonate with that and just it's just proof that the work works if you work it right um uh, but anyway, I know I digressed and I derailed. What is sensual fitness was the question. So I'm circling back around. I'm, I'm paying attention. I'm paying attention. Uh, sensual fitness is really about enlivening your senses, right? Because people hear sensual and they automatically go to sexual. And like, yes, sexual is a thing that we absolutely can reclaim, uh, if we want it. And I believe that there is a lot of really uh, beautiful opportunity in doing that. And I don't think that people are awake and aware of that, but that's another conversation. Um, but sensual fitness is, is really giving permission to enlivening your senses. And the goal of that is to be more present, right? To slow down and actually indulge in the gifts And the brilliance that our body holds. It's through our senses that we actually experience our world. And how deep in the relationship with your body are you to notice all of the feedback that your senses are giving you? And all of the gifts that your senses are giving you. That is the gift of being in your body and getting the experience of being in your body, right? It's sort of that John May like your body is a Wonderland thing. like, But for you, not necessarily for somebody else, right? Your body is giving you everything that you need to have a really full, rich experience.
1: Yeah, um, the sensual fitness, in my mind, I was thinking the sexual fitness only because I'm going to tell a story.
0: (laughs) Please do. And we'll talk about the sexual aspect, (laughs) but tell your story, please, please, please.
1: Because I was at the spa or this wellness place last week and uh, doing like a lymphatic massage um, or getting one. And the girl was talking about um, just what she her passion of something about orgasm, <laughs> orgasming during fitness and at the gym and all of this. And I was like, I have never heard of this. And she's like, yeah. And she was explaining what you do. I was like, this is the first time I've ever heard this. Do you know what I'm talking about?
0: I have heard of this, and there have been so many orgasmic movements, like homing, all of these different things. Uh, And there is a a different flavor of that for everybody out there. I mean, if you go into a deep dive on the internet, you are going to find so many different offerings out there of people who have tapped into some sort of a vein or a lane of sexuality. Um, and again, that's sort of about a deep inward listening of what are my preferences and can I honor what those preferences are and, you know, and, and having a, a really deep understanding of why those are your preferences and, you know, all of that kind of stuff. But in terms of the more sexual or erotic fitness that Sway teaches, uh, we have a lane, so we, we have lots of different classes. We have form and slow, which is just about embodiment, right? About comfortable in your own skin, regulating your nervous system, finding that authentic, and developing that authentic communication with your body and safety in your body, and all of these things. Um, but we have a, and we have like a karaoke class with just singing and dancing, oh, right? Cute. Yeah. It's tapping that, that next level of somatic practice with incorporating the voice, right? Um, and we have slow sense, which is just regulating your nervous system and enlivening that sensual body, your senses. But then we also have a foxy lane and foxy is all about that sexual erotic exploration. So it is all about enlivening, reawaking, reintegrating. The often dormant parts of our sexual energy and erotic self. We all have been affected by living in a society that is patriarchal. I'll say it like that. That's a whole other podcast, not even going to go to like the depths of that wormhole, but we've all been affected by that, men and women. But this class is actually designed for women to, in a very safe and very contained way, really go into a focused exploration of enlivening their sensuality and sexuality and erotic self so that they can reclaim power and empowerment around that aspect of themselves. We are inherently erotic. We are animals. Yeah, We are designed to be erotic and to be sexual and because of the culture and society that we live in we have swelched we have subordinated we have dismissed we have quieted put to sleep that aspect of ourselves to whatever degree right every woman is different uh, in in what their experiences were and what led to that And it's not always a very easy exploration to tap back into, but it is your sexuality. It is your eroticism. It is your birthright. It belongs to you. It is the most significant source of of power and energy that your body holds. So to go without it because, you know, you don't feel safe or you don't feel the right to have full ownership of it is something that you get to question. And you get to make a decision around. And if it's something that you do want to explore and cultivate in a safe way, these classes are designed to be.
1: And is it in person? And do you teach it? You have another uh, business partner as well. With
0: I do. So I co-founded it with a fellow master teacher. So between the two of us, we have like two decades or more of experience. And we've worked with everybody from celebrities and, you know, Fortune 100 CEOs to, starving artists and stay-at-home moms and, you know, entrepreneurs. And no matter who we have worked with across the gamut, across the globe, there has never been a woman who wasn't profoundly affected on, you know, to some degree by doing this work. Uh, and I her name is Janelle. She is my partner in Soul Sway. And we teach, we have an online subscription. So you can go online and we make it as affordable as possible. We just want everybody to have access to it. And it's a monthly subscription. Um And we also have like an onboarding thing where like if there's a 30-day curriculum, like you take a quiz and then you you can determine like where you need to start. And then we'll handhold you for 30 days to like really get you comfortable in and taking the classes. So. Uh, we do that online, and then we also have in-person offerings. So we, she's in Florida, I'm in Los Angeles, and we do pop-ups in our states, and then everywhere in between. So we do workshops, classes, retreats. We do virtual online classes um, that are pre-recorded and also live streamed. So all kinds of stuff going on with that.
1: Oh, I just had an idea. I'm going to talk to you about later about a yes, women's retreat. That. Women's retreat coming up in Austin. Um, that's all like C-level entrepreneurship women. Um, this could be very interesting. But Let's go.
0: Yeah. I'm here for it. Yeah.
1: Yes. I love it. I'm going to definitely check it out. I'm going to do my Cardio Key, cardio key and Fox, Foxy Lane. I'm interested. Yes, I'm always girl.
0: <laughs> well, we'll talk offline and I'll yeah. be a support system for yeah. you, for sure. I, I will one-on-one with you to get you where you need to be.
1: I love it. Um, I love trying new things and this is
0: I don't actually let me rephrase that. I don't get you anywhere. You're the expert, but I will be the support system for you in terms of, you know, wading into these waters.
1: Yeah. Love it. All right. And you have a new podcast coming out. Look at me now. You just launched I, it. Well, I, yes.
0: <laughs> yes, it's coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's called Look At Me Now. Yes. Yes. Yes.
1: And why did you choose that name?
0: Well, a couple of years ago I was sitting at a uh a bridal shower. Sometimes I say baby shower. I don't know why, but it was a bridal shower. And I was sitting next to a family friend of many years. And she is a really high-powered attorney at one of the biggest motion picture studios. And she was so intrigued by my work as a female empowerment coach and embodiment coach. And she said, you know, one day I want to tell my story to your people. And I'm like, okay, well, what story is that? She said... You know, when I first moved here and I was going to law school, I used to let my neighbors sort lines of cocaine off my ass for 200 bucks a pop. But hey, look. (laughs) Hey,
1: I'm like I said, I had my Hollywood days. Look at me now.
0: (laughs) I mean, honestly, and the fact that she delivered it with zero shame attached, like zero story attached, not like, you know, it, it was just a, I made an empowered decision to do whatever I wanted to do with my body and with my purpose and with my path. And like, I get to claim those decisions and those actions and what I've been able to create and build for myself without attaching or layering anything to it that doesn't belong to me and look at me now. I'm living uh, as on purpose as possible. I'm so fulfilled and I'm so grateful, right? And it's not this look at it. The essence of it is it's not a look at me now from an external gaze. It is not a, you know, you bullied me and now I'm this famous person. Look at me now, right? It's it's not exacted revenge. It is a, a looking in the mirror and going, I'm so proud of you. Like looking in the mirror, and going, look at me now, look at that resilience, look at the resourcefulness, look at how powerful I am. In creating my life, right, and and it's about that. Yeah,
1: I, I think you say something in your intro or the trailer about
0: turning your mess mm-hmm. into your message, and absolutely, I love that. Um, well, I'm the embodiment of that. I mean, I really am. I am the person who turned her mess into her message, and not that there isn't still messiness in my life. I mean, for God's sake, just beat cancer. I went to chemo and radiation and all of these things. I mean, messes make themselves in life. Yeah. That is sort of it. You are clear of the cancer now? Or I will you? know for sure in February. I'm declaring you that I and yes. making that statement officially to the universe. Um, but I will know, you know, technically what the scans say coming up in a month. But the radiation, the chemotherapy, all, all of that is complete. And I'm, I'm phasing to the next stage of, you know, just monitoring remission. Yeah.
1: Well, Alexis, thank you for sharing all of these great stories and coming on the Big Silence podcast. Uh, Where can everyone find you? Where should be? Website?
0: Social? Yeah. I mean, I think the best place is alexisarton.com. Reason being, you can find my social media there. You can find Soul Sway there. You can... You know, write about podcasts there. It's like sort of like my my hub for all things. Yeah. And
1: we'll put it all in the show notes too. Um, well, this has been very fun. I like we said before the podcast started, I love just podcasting and meeting cool people. And you are one of them.
0: Well, right back at you. It takes one to know one. Hi. I'm we're friends for life. Here we are.
1: Thank you for joining us today and every Wednesday. If you loved this episode or think a loved one could benefit from listening, please share. And follow us on Facebook and Instagram at the.big.silence. Head over to thebigsilence.com to sign up for our newsletter to stay in the loop for live events coming up and details on the release of my memoir, The Big Silence. And as always, we'd love a like, subscribe, and leave a review on anywhere the podcast can be found. I love you, and I will see you next Wednesday. The big silence. The big silence. The big silence.
0: The big silence. The big silence. The big silence.